sign-on bonus. So apply today. You'll also enjoy generous benefits, including paid vacation and holidays, 401k matching, a pension program, free on-site medical care, a 24-7 fitness center, and more. It's an established company with an exciting future, so don't wait. Apply now at join.sunbrella.com. You don't want to miss this opportunity. Apply today at join.sunbrella.com. Gilstrap Roofing has an experienced team that specializes in shingle, metal, and flat roofs for residential, commercial, and industrial customers. Their dedication to complete customer satisfaction is why a large portion of their business comes from repeat customers and referrals. If you need a full-service roofing contractor that has over 80 years of experience and takes pride in top customer satisfaction, Gilstrap Roofing has got you covered. Call for your free roofing estimate today at 269-1232 and online at gilstraproofing.com. Let's be honest. A jewelry store is not where most guys want to be. Guys like Paul Goodall. First time diamond buyers, most of us are engagement ring buyers. We have no idea whatsoever what we're walking into, and we push it off, and we push it off, and we push it off. But like so many other men, Paul was pleasantly surprised when he walked into Diamonds Direct. When you go in, you don't have to have a big background in gemology. They don't look down the end of their nose at you, as you would find in some other places, and make you uncomfortable because you're not an expert in diamonds. But by the time he left, Paul was an expert in diamonds because Diamonds Direct took the time to educate him, show him the inside secrets of the industry, and give him the tools to make a smart decision. They do a really, really good job of laying out the information for you and not pressing you. Diamonds Direct, a guy-friendly jewelry store where you're always treated with respect. The great thing about Diamonds Direct is they alleviate that stress. So relax, guys. It's Diamonds Direct. We've got your back. Get directions and store hours now at DiamondsDirect.com. This is the Roar, the home for everyone good enough to make varsity. 105.5 and 97.5 FM, where every day is game day. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead, live inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. We're talking baseball. We're going to talk uh, NFL Combine if you want. We may have to save some of that stuff for tomorrow. And we're going to go to the phones here. In fact, let's go to Jeff and Chuck who join us here on the program. We've also got Stockwatch to get to. We've got some some uh, fun fun topics to hit on Stockwatch. What's up, Jeff? Hey, I was going to give you, first off, uh, I had a comment and a question. I was listening to the game, and the the game co- I'm a game cop. The game cop broadcast was about ten seconds behind, so I got to hear both takes, and uh, yours was the better take. Yeah, so <laughs> you, you do a good you you, you did you, you did a better job broadcasting. Now this shot at the, the game cop announcers, and the only the only thing I would say is you know, or really those balls and strikes that different from the day before, and. Um, I think you made a lot of comments on those. And then I had a, I was listening to you Friday, and you were talking about the uh, Clemson coach, and I was wondering if any of that was a reflection. And uh, on Monty Lee, I wouldn't argue with it, just curious, because you said he was building the kind of culture that you really liked and that you, um, you know, how everything was kind of perfect, perfect down in the dugout, their attention to detail, I guess. So I was wondering if any of that was, 
uh, not a shot at Monty Lee, but a, a, a difference from Monty Lee. Yeah, I think that's a great question, Jeff. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much. You know, I've, I've said one of my one of my regrets. In fact, I probably need to send him a text. One of my regrets this weekend is every time I was down on the field, Monty was busy, and so I didn't actually get a chance to go and say hello to him um, because of travel and all that. You know, trying to get to Greenville and get to Columbia and dealing with logistics there. It was, and I, I want to go say hey to him because I do appreciate what he did for Clemson, and it wasn't a total failure, and he did a lot of good things. They hosted three regionals and won an ACC championship, and you know, put some guys in the big leagues since, you know, had some a bunch of all Americans, bunch of all ACC players, what, won a bunch of ball games. It wasn't a colossal failure here. Um, I think one of the things that was, um, that, that is different about baggage. I'm, I'm glad that he gave me an out there to talk about what's different is the way they approach the game is very from a, it's very old school. I don't think there's anything wrong with Monty Lee's approach. Some people did. I didn't think there was anything wrong with Monty Lee's approach to hitting, with his approach to the game, any of that. Um, in fact, I think some of that would help some of the players on this team right now. Um, but I, I do think there is a little bit better attention to detail. There's a little bit better emphasis on off-the-field camaraderie and off-field chemistry and basically – um, like community service, community leadership, that sort of thing. And I, I'm going to I'm gonna stop right there and say this. That is not a shot at Monty Lee because I know lots of Hall of Fame coaches who have said in interviews, and in fact, I started looking at this. Um, they have said, you know, I feel more comfortable coaching ball, being between the lines. We know there are great coaches who weren't necessarily great at the – you know, the off-field stuff, the, the chemistry stuff, the clubhouse or dugout or, or locker room stuff. We know that's true. And I'm not saying Monty wasn't great at that. I'm saying he would tell you that his strength is the knowledge of baseball, and he loves baseball. I think Eric Backage loves baseball, but I think, he, I think he loves molding young people in a way that is uncommon. So I don't think it's Eric Backage greater than Monty Lee and this or this or this. It's Eric Backage different from probably 80 to 90% of baseball coaches in the way he approaches those things. Yeah, I'm glad Jeff asked that question because we've always tried to stress that we're not putting down Monty Lee. But when you talk about something as important as culture, it's easy to assume that you're saying, well, things used to be terrible. And now they're good in that area. And I don't think that was the case. Look, Clemson changed head coaches because they wanted to go in a different direction. And some so often you hear that said by athletic directors. I think in this case, that's really what Clemson wanted to do. They wanted to go in a different direction, and they their head coach philosophically goes about things a little different than Monty Lee did. They truly are going in a different direction. But it's not that the it's not that either is right necessarily or either is wrong. It's just it's different. It's just it's different. And I, I don't I don't have I don't know many people, if any, right off the bat that just have a bad taste in their mouth for Monty Lee. I'm about what he's done here. Many don't aren't happy with the fact that he went back to Carolina. But in terms of just being unhappy with him and thinking he was a Bad person, bad clubhouse guy. I don't think anybody feels that way. No. And you know what? Spring practice is starting. We're going to talk a lot of spring practice. Do you think if 
we think Dabo Sweeney has done an elite job of establishing a culture at Clemson that is about the right things, right? We think that's true. I do. Okay. It's also possible that one of the things you want to get from Garrett Riley is maybe shoring up some things that maybe had fallen off or slipped through the cracks culturally, right? Possible. I mean, it's possible that that's true. It's possible that people who established a thing that went a certain way for one reason or another just got away from those tenants or got away from those elements, and now you've got to bring in a new voice to bring it back. I think that's part of what's happening with with Clemson football right now, with Garrett Riley right now. They are trying to rediscover the things that made them elite from 2015 to 2020, a top four, top three, top two, top one program in college football. It's not because the people in charge aren't good at it. It's because it's hard to do, and it's hard to keep it. And I'll I'll go a step further. It's really hard to do that during COVID. I think COVID really tested the cultures of every single locker room. And I've seen, because I talked to enough coaches on this one campus, and I know enough people in the coaching profession and know enough people who are around athletes, everybody handled that differently. And I don't think we can judge many people by how they handled COVID, but there were lots of things that slipped through the cracks because things were lost in translation during COVID. When coaches didn't have access to players and players didn't have access to facilities and there were lots of rules and regulations that were put on people, and, and certainly that's the case. I felt like when, ba- when Clemson baseball shut down in 2020, I said this over and over and over again, it was not the most talented lineup they had, but they were gritty and tough and they were finding ways to win games. And that pitching with Weatherly and Strider on Friday and Saturday in particular was absolutely terrific. And then that season was cut short, and then Weatherly and Strider got drafted, and then they never they never rediscovered it. I think that team could have made some noise in postseason if they mm-hmm. were healthy. And so I, in no way am I saying – because that doesn't happen if you don't have a, a strong cultural development, leadership, accountability, that kind of stuff. I'm just saying in COVID, something changed where in 21 and 22, some of those things, that accountability piece maybe was missing from Clemson baseball. I think you can see the proof in the pudding with what Monty Lee is doing in South Carolina right now with their offense. They are a team that wants to get big swings. They're very good, as Eric Baggett said yesterday, at meeting the barrel with the ball. They're very good at finding it, and they're going to make you pay for mistakes, and they got guys that can do it. And I think if you listen to them, they're saying Monty Lee's presence has really helped them. That's the mark of a good baseball coach. So, but, but. To me, what gives me confidence in Eric Backage, yes, I, I really like how he thinks about the game, and it is different from Monty. They have some philosophical differences about how to play. But I learned a lot about baseball from Monty Lee and a lot about analytics from Monty Lee and a lot about working out from Monty Lee and a lot of stuff. We had a lot of great conversations. Eric Backage talks about culture and building culture and is doing things to build a certain type of culture that are very different from the vast majority of coaches that I've interacted with. And that's no slight to any of them. Let's go to Chuck, who's up with us next on the phones. What's up, Chuck? What's going on, Quat? Enjoyed your uh, this weekend. I always do. Matter it's high school, baseball, whatever. I, I I thought maybe they'd throw you into lacrosse there, but I, I don't know if you can call. I never asked you <laughs> if you could call lacrosse. You know what I mean? Never done that. <laughs> anyway. Haven't done that yet. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, they may call me to do it, there are there are people in the area that are better equipped to call across than me. 
I'll just throw that out there. Yeah. You know us Sacramentians, though, Quack. You put a stick in our hand, we're going to hit somebody or something, you know. With For a sure. In it, you know? <laughs> oh, yes. Either way. But um, my question is, uh, and I agree with you about package, I think it's, you know, can't wave a magic wand, but kind of disappointed in Grice. He's arguing balls and, and strikes and got pitched the other day. And that just looks like a frustrated guy, you know. And I wanted your comments on what you think you're seeing so far out of him. I mean, uh, it's just that off-speed pitch and the way pitch. It's just like he's guessing. And I know he's got the talent, you know. And uh, the middle relievers, uh, what do you see coming there on that end? Oh, I mean, I, that's where, I mean, they should have won that game 11-9. to nine. I mean, I, they had the game in hand. It's just they, you know, like you said, Quack. But I believe I would put $100 on my man uh, Hall against the boy from North Carolina shooting threes. Because if you go to the NBA, all your seven-footers shoot threes. And our 6'10 guy can outshoot the guy from North Carolina. And that's all I got to say, guys. And I enjoy the show. Thanks very much. Thank you, Chuck. Appreciate the phone call. You would have the perfect basketball player if you could merge those two guys together yes oh yes because uh pj needs to have a more physical presence inside the way baycott does and baycott needs to shoot the ball better the way pj does and be more versatile in going to the next level um yeah that they both have some really strong strengths and they both have parts of their game they need to work on if they are going to play at the next level. That's right. Um, and and, and I, I don't think I don't think Baycott will because of because of what and, and he's a, he's a tremendous player. I don't care I don't care what color uniform he wears. Baycott's a great player, but he doesn't have the skill set that NBA is looking for. Well, it's very similar to like Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana to Oscar Sheway from Kentucky. The ceiling on players that are true back-to-the-basket bigs is incredibly low now, but you can do a lot in college basketball with that. All three of those guys are making bank in NIL right now, and they're making a lot more money than they could make in the NBA and the G League or even overseas this year because that's where the, that's one of the things that's great about NIL is that that's where your value is, is in the, uh, in the college game. He asked about middle relievers, and, I mean, I'll, I'll say I think one of the – one of the the things that Clemson is going to have to deal with is I think that some some of what ailed Clemson in 21 and 22 was a lack of development on the pitching side. And it wasn't across the board because you saw some guys that were able to develop, but you have guys who just, quite frankly, have not progressed. And so you have a game like Saturday where every, I think I'm right in saying this, every single Tiger that took the mound in fact, let me let me double check this. I, I think every single Tiger that took the mound on Saturday, all six pitchers or whatever, was either a freshman or a sophomore. You you need older guys to be able to step up. And part of it was your older guys weren't available. Ryan Ammons was hurt. Uh, Willie Weiss is hurt in the back of the bullpen. So you started two games in this series. Two guys who Austin Gordon's only started a couple times. Tristan Smith. Started once on Tuesday. That was essentially an opener role. I would barely count that. Those guys shoved. They combined for nine and a third innings, and it was scrapped. They 
they were barely threatened in their in, in their respective outings. And so, you know, part of the uphill battle, it's not offensive. Yesterday, the disappointing part was offensively, they stranded nine guys in six innings in yesterday's game. And they got two on with nobody out, including a, a throwing error on a grounder back to the pitcher and did not advance uh, on a line drive and then struck out twice in the first. And that was kind of that was kind of par for the course over the next five innings. Like Clemson got people on base, but they could not put themselves in position to score runs. They could not get a big hit. And South Carolina really didn't either. They just hit three home runs and were able to put a little distance between them. On Friday and Saturday, Clemson was definitely good enough offensively, and they were good enough defensively even Friday when they committed four errors because I felt like a couple of those were – you know, a couple of those just weren't going to cost. They were the type of errors that don't cost you, okay? But they made enough good plays. They just have to rely on a lot of young pitchers right now. And so that's going to be a process. And it's going to be a growing process. Uh, one thing Eric Baggage said yesterday is if we play this game a month from now, we'll have a better idea of who to put in in which situations. But right now, we're just kind of trying to figure out who can do what. Especially with Willie Weiss out and Tristan Smith, who are going to be your two highest leverage arms in the bullpen, not there in the bullpen anymore. And you you got to find a way to get, like, I think Ty Olinchuk's really talented, and I think Jay Dill's really talented. you got to keep a way to keep the ball in the ballpark. And they're just giving up way too much hard contact at the moment in the middle of the bullpen. I like what I've seen from Reed Garris. I love what Casey Talon gave you yesterday. I liked how Barlow pitched. Barlow's far from 100%. And he would have been in a rotation to start the year, but he's got some kind of a shoulder deal, and hopefully he'll get back. But they're just they're going to need to get a little bit healthier, and they're going to need some of these young guys to grow up. Otherwise, you're going to have to basically flip a coin to see if a guy's going to come in and throw well or if he's going to throw bad in practice. And that's kind of what we saw the last two days. About half the guys threw well, and about half the guys threw bad in practice. Let's take a break. and we come back, it's time for Hump Day Headlines. We'll get to that next. One day, your Honda, Acura, Lexus, or Toyota is going to need an oil change. And there's that question, where do I take it? Before you make that decision, ask yourself what you're getting. Do they test drive your vehicle? Do they rotate your tires? Do they glance at the brakes? Or remove the tires and provide an exact measurement of your brake pads? What about suspension? Fluids? At First Class Halt, an oil change means so much more than routine maintenance. Come experience the difference. FirstClassHalt.com, your dealership alternative in Anderson and Greenville. Since 1917, Harbin Lumber Company has been a top lumber and building supplier in the industry. Their number one asset is their employees, people who are dedicated to providing quality building products and contractor services. People just like you, working to grow and be a part of the community. From construction projects to large remodeling jobs, see the hardworking folks people have entrusted for nearly 100 years. Harbin Lumber Company, serving South Carolina, Georgia, and North Carolina, and online at harbinlumber.com. Rely on the pros in EnviroMulch for all your outdoor needs. They have an assortment of mulch, riverstone, dirt, sand, gravel, straw, and much more. Choose EnviroMulch. Make your yard look amazing during the colder months ahead. Order at EnviroMulchOnline.com. Go Tigers! 
Pinnacle Veterinary Group takes a proactive, progressive approach to individualized medicine aimed to keep your pet healthier, longer. Being locally owned and in private practice, they utilize low-stress techniques and fear-reducing strategies for every patient. Their facility is equipped to care for sick, injured, and healthy pets with in-house diagnostic, lab testing, radiology, surgery, and digital ultrasound. The first and only practice achieving AAHA accreditation in Pickens County. Call 624-8824 or online, pinnacleveterinarygroup.com. Hey Anderson, if you're looking for a great place to work, Glen Raven is hiring. The maker of high quality, world famous Sunbrella products is looking for process operators, process technicians, quality inspectors, and material handlers. Now they're seeking experienced pros and they're also willing to train candidates who are new to manufacturing. So check out all the opportunities. Glen Raven offers a very competitive hourly rate, plus, you'll get a $1,500 sign on bonus. That's right, you'll get a $1,500 hundred dollar sign-on bonus so apply today you'll also enjoy generous benefits including paid vacation and holidays 401k matching a pension program free on-site medical care a 24-7 fitness center and more it's an established company with an exciting future so don't wait apply now at join.sunbrella.com you don't want to miss this opportunity apply today at join.sunbrella.com Adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy. Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months. And SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic and psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. Tune in each Tuesday morning on the Mickey Plyler Show for an exclusive interview with Clemson baseball head coach Eric Backage all season long, only on The Roar, where every day is game day. Powered by UpCountry Fiber. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, UpCountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Here at The Roar, every day is game day. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Rock the jukebox. Want to hear some jones? All right, hour three continues out of bounds. William Quaggamish, Ben Milstead. <laughs> what in the world just happened? I don't know. What? What? We, <laughs> what? We. I, I don't know.
don't even know what to say about that. That's it's just funny. It's funny to me. Can I okay. twist this? Yeah, we're doing this live, so folks. Quark's mic sounds weird all of a sudden. What in the world just happened? I don't have a clue. Yeah, live on the air. Loosen the screw on live the on back the there. Loosen this one back here. Yeah, and then turn it a little bit. Okay. How's that? Is that better? Turn, well, turn the mic. Now. Turn the mic a little no, bit. Like rotate. Oh, it. like rotate, <laughs> rotate the mic. Turn it like that. Didn't do it. Is anything. that better? No. Is that better at all? Maybe a little bit. We're I don't doing know. like a. We're doing a legit sound check on air right now. Okay, tighten it back up. All right. Is this the right way? Ready, tidy, lefty, loosey. When when you talk into a mic, know. as long as we talk into one mic, that I guess that happens. But that's brand new. Wow. Okay. That, that is amazing. When when I started talking and Ben looked like he smelled something funky, I knew that something was going on there. So that's what that's what that's what made me laugh. Well, we can't we can't <laughs> leave it like that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, okay, uh, this hour of the program is brought to you by our friends at the Plumbing Experts. Go to theplumbingexperts.com. If, <laughs> if sorry, you know what? It's okay. Listen, if you have a problem. That's akin to a sudden echo in your mic, do, but it's with your plumbing. Do we hear that on the air, people? Do we hear I, that on the air? You got you you got to be hearing that. It sounds like I'm talking into a. It sounds like I'm talking into a drain pipe, or something like that. That's yes. what it sounds like. And I'm not saying that just because we're talking about the plumbing experts. Yes, it that's comes. Actually it's over it the air. Okay, very good. Lovely. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so anyway, so just ignore it for now, but don't ignore issues with your drain pipes. That's where the plumbing experts uh, come in. They can do your job right the first time. They've got what you need to be able to uh, to be able to, to take care of those those plumbing issues. And they've got the people with the right uh, training. They've got people that absolutely have done these things before. They've got the right expertise. They also want to get you before disaster strikes on a regular maintenance plan with your septic tank. So don't be a skeptic on septic. Call the experts, the plumbing experts. They'll do your job right the first time. Uh, that is theplumbingexperts.com. Go to the website. See the vast array of services that they supply. Go to theplumbingexperts.com. <laughs> I'm just upset now. That's great. You know what? That's a perfect way to lead into a little stock watch. This week, it's time for the stock watch on Out of Bound. point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. I don't know where you get your information, son, but I don't like it. Well, life all comes down to a few moments. This is one of them. Roller coaster, ups and downs, you know that. Not a question of enough, pal. It's a zero-sum game. Somebody wins. We are WCCP 105.5, The Roar. Uh, we got everything from sounds perfect to sounds awful. So I, I actually don't know what that sounds okay. like over do you wanna, here. Do you want to flip over there to one of those other mics? Oh, yeah, can for sure. Can you do that? Yeah, I can do that. At least for Stockwatch here, and then we'll yes. uh, we'll, we'll uh, resume. I'll, we'll work on that during the next break. <laughs> As Quok runs around the room... He's like, oh, I got to have headphones. Live radio is best. Well, I tell you what, while he gets set up, stock up to Coach Fran Campbell and the Wren Hurricanes winning their first state championship in in basketball. Fran Campbell, 39-year head coach. I believe it's 39 years at Wren. 
His son's an assistant. Grandson is a starter on the team. Uh, I don't know him personally, but have heard just great things anytime anybody ever says anything about Fran Campbell. So, stock up to Wren. That is great. Hey. Hey, that was that? really loud, That too. was really loud. Uh, that is great. I love seeing those types of stories, and uh, especially somebody who's been laboring for a long time, finding success. That's uh, that's just that's really awesome. I love seeing that. Uh, ben, stock up to Kennesaw State, and a special shout out to our guy, uh, Roar Intern Emeritus Sanders Sullivan, who runs the video department at Kennesaw State now. You know they had one win like four years ago, one win, and they hired just a what has turned out to be a phenomenal head coach off the uh, Georgia staff, and lo and behold. They were the first team to punch their ticket to the NCAA men's basketball tournament. They beat Liberty at the at the horn. There was a, a nice back and forth going. Again, one win just four years ago. Amir Abdurrahim uh, was able to go from one and twenty eight to five and nineteen to thirteen and eighteen, and now twenty six and eight and winning the Atlantic Sun title. Props to Kennesaw State for being able to do that. And now we will get to say, as Lane Kiffin once did, go Owls in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. I, that's another one. I love these types of stories where you've got teams who, you know, are living and dying. These smaller tournaments, you've got teams living and dying. We already have four one-seeds in one-bid leagues that have lost. In this case, you have a you have a one-seed who came out of nowhere to get that one-seed was probably not expected to do as well as they did, was probably expected to be one of those one seeds that ends up going to the NIT. And now, all of a sudden, they get it done. So stock up to Kennesaw State for that. I love it. Hey, uh, stock down to the Ole Miss Rebels baseball team. Quack, did you happen to see what happened Wednesday night at Ole Miss? They, it, it was another Duke situation. Are you familiar with this? Um, I don't Miss, know if I saw this. Ole Miss is playing a midweek two-game series with Louisiana Tech. On Wednesday night, uh, La-, La Tech took a 4-3 lead oh, into the end of yes. the seventh inning with two outs, so they didn't finish the frame. And then it started raining. Did... Ole Miss cover the field? No. Did Ole Miss make any attempt to save the game? No. So you know what happens? They resort back to the score at the end of the last completed frame, which had Ole Miss winning. The game ended, and Ole Miss declared the winner. The Louisiana Tech head coach not at all happy with this. He said... We'll come, we'll come down there and play three innings. We'll come back. We don't care. Uh, I, they, they basically are just calling, just calling BS on Ole Miss on this thing. Like, you did this on purpose so that you could get the W, and it'll be the last time we ever play, we ever schedule Ole Miss again. That that really is dirty pool. It really is dirty pool, and. If you're the defending national champion, you should be able to show up and win a three-inning game against Louisiana Tech. You should. You should be able to do that. Uh, you should be secure enough in who you are 
that you should be able to to do the right thing here, especially since you know that they're that the nature of the rule and the nature of the delay is going to work out in your favor. You should be gracious enough to allow the other team the chance to do what they had already done, which is take the the lead from you. I, yeah, I I had forgotten that that happened. Oh man, that burned me up, and I'm yeah. glad that Louisiana Tech flamed them on Twitter. Yeah, I'm really now, glad. Now it was it was stopped originally for lightning in the area, but he he points out at no point did they ever try to tarp the field, indicating they had no no intentions of playing this game, and then it actually was they were. Like after two hours, they were about ready to play again, and then it was called again, and no explanation, according to Louisiana Tech, was ever really given. So that's kind of a uh, kind of a bummer there. Pretty tough. Pretty tough. Uh, stock down to the Memphis Grizzlies. Have you seen all the issues going on with Memphis recently? This is alarming, Ben. The jail blotter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you've got Dylan Brooks, who was suspended. You've got injuries to key players. Brooks suspended for suspe- technical fouls. Yeah, 16th te- technical, so he has to sit out a game. And then we have what's going on with John Morant. Now, this this continues to be a problem. In fact, it is so it is such a problem for the Grizzlies right now that Skip Bayless, far be it for me to agree with Skip Bayless or to say that someone that Skip Bayless has some sort of uh, relevance, he is openly suggesting that John Morant may be a member of the Crips and that he actually wants the stuff that he's doing. The Instagram Live where he's brandishing a weapon and, you know, some of the some of the legal issues that he's got in the last few days. He's now spending some time away from the team, essentially, for his decision-making. This, this to go along with the behavior of his entourage. Remember, uh, members of his entourage in a, in a uh, vehicle he was in that pointed a red laser that looked like it was from a weapon at members of the Indiana Pacers. We know about the scuffle on the court in L.A. Like, this is this is no longer isolated, and you can no longer deflect Jaws' involvement by saying he's got some sketchy people around him that are making bad choices you know, Allen Iverson lost some friends because he eventually had to divest because they were bringing him down. If that's it, then John Moran needs to divest. He needs to leave them wherever they are and go and do his thing because he's killing his team. They're a good team, a very good team and a fun team to watch, but you can't watch them if Dylan Brooks is being suspended for technical fouls and if John Moran keeps stepping in it every day with very serious legal questions about him. Not good, and you hate to see it from somebody that is. Uh, I mean, we talked about him being the face of the NBA at some point going forward. Uh, man, got to be smarter than that. A quack, uh stock down to Clemson basketball. Bad luck. Okay. Is it a stock down? Yeah, it's stock down to the luck that they have. I think so. I um, guess it's stock up to bad luck and stock down to good luck, maybe. We'll go with that. Okay. That sounds better than what I said. <laughs> uh, senior guard Alex Hemingway has emergency appendectomy surgery this morning uh, and is most likely gone for the rest of the season. Emergency appendectomy? You can't make it up! Had appendicitis, you can't make it up! Had his appendix removed this morning. That is according to Coach Brad Brownell uh, earlier today. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, speaking of does, unbelievable. Hey, does it change anything on how I feel about Clemson in the ACC tournament? But 
you you hate to lose any player, especially somebody like Alec. Man, he came in here a big old three two. You thinking maybe he's getting his his mojo back? And then this, he's had man, he's had he's had a couple of rough injuries this year. And remember, he was shooting like fifty percent from three and hurt his ankle a couple years ago too. That's right. Yes, like he just his ankle. wrong just the wrong time to be having injuries. Ben, stock up to Anthony Richardson, but in a weird way, it's stock down to everybody. I, I just, I can't, I can't believe that we're talking about a guy with his type of accuracy issues and as raw as everybody knows that he is. And everyone knows he's a freak athlete, Ben. So why are we freaking out? Shouldn't we assume that he's going to light up pro day with a 4-4-3-40 and a one and a half second 10-yard split and a 40 and a half foot vertical jump, which uh, if you can name one reason why a quarterback's vertical jump matters... In a in a football game, then you let me know. And a ten foot nine inch broad jump. Well, vertical jump does kind of speak to overall athleticism. But to your point, we already knew he was athletic. Already knew so, that. I mean, no one is talking about how he was moderately impressive throwing the ball. Like everyone's yeah. like, "Wow, it's unbelievable." I'm like, "You expected to be." The only reason somebody would would draft him is because he's an unbelievable athlete. Does the NFL want to? have to teach accuracy the most important trait to a quarterback i don't know i i I knew this was going to happen with him it doesn't feel like the nfl normally takes chances on a quarterback who's not accurate but yes maybe maybe all the athleticism elements are gonna make him so desirable that you're gonna you're gonna draft a project i'm certain the colts are gonna take him I'm certain I'm going to have to sit through that. I'm certain they are. I'm certain that they're not going to take C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, and they're going to instead bring this guy who had, like, two good games as a college quarterback and showed lots of promise, and they're going to think surely they could do it. Now, the one thing that gives me a little bit of hope in that is that uh, Stane Steichen, the new head coach of the Colts, was the offensive coordinator at the Eagles with Jalen Hurts, a guy who wasn't especially known as a polished passer. So maybe they'll just run the wing T or something. Yeah, well, at least, year. at least with Hertz, he had one year in college that he did look fairly polished. Yeah, I just I roll my eyes the most. Richardson hasn't had that one year. No, or one game even. Unbelievable. And then finally, Ben, uh, I'm going to say stuck down to Antoine Davis. Uh, he had a chance to pass Pistol Pete Maravich's scoring record this weekend, but he also plays for Detroit, <laughs> who's terrible. He's three points short, Ben. And so now they're waiting on the CBI or the CIT or some postseason tournament. And you know for a fact they are playing in these tournaments because Antoine Davis happens to be Mike Davis's son. And, yes, Mike Davis, the former Indiana and UAB head coach, is uh, the head coach at Detroit Mercy. So he is going to get his son over the threshold, even if it means they have to play Mississippi Valley A&M State Tech in the first round of a tournament they made up uh, just for these purposes. Hey, quickly, you'll like this one. Uh, stock up to, I believe it is Riku Nishida. He's an infielder from Japan, plays for the Oregon Ducks. He's five foot six, Quok. He hit his first career home run uh, this weekend. What makes that special? Not the fact, beyond the fact that he's five foot six. Did it with a wooden bat. What? Wooden bats are legal in college as long as they meet the specs, and he feels more comfortable with a wooden bat. 
my boy walking up there carrying the lumber at five foot six and he hits a home run with a wooden bat. What the heck? Wow. Way to go, buddy. I knew you would like that. Man, that's I didn't even know wood bats were legal. I can't wait to hear the right way to pronounce his name, too. That's great. Because what I said, I'm sure, is not right. That was it. That was it. I don't even care. That's how you say it. All right, let's take a break. Final segment. Ben, I have two uh, spread picks for uh, championship games tonight. Or of conference tournament do. games tonight. Of course I do. We'll talk After about going to Aiden, too, this past week. Oh, weekend. we got to talk <laughs> about that, too. Stay with us. Get ready for the madness of March with Zero Res Carpet and Air Duct Cleaning. Right now, mention me, Mickey Plyler, and The Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for only $119. Book online at ZeroResGreenville.com. Turner's Jewelers has gifts that sparkle for any occasion. Discover that perfect necklace, ring, or watch, or have Turner's artists design a breathtaking custom piece. Support your school with beautiful university charms from Turner's, or choose a beautiful charm from Pandora. When it comes to weddings, nobody says, I do, like we do. There's only one choice for sparkling gold, silver, and precious jewels. Turner's Jewelers, where Southern hospitality meets diamond know-how, in the Applewood Shopping Center in Seneca. Mattress shopping? Look no further than Engineered Sleep. Visit their showroom in Greenville and try the ES Duo. This two-piece hybrid mattress is their most popular seller. If it's in stock, pick it up the same day or schedule a delivery. Setup is free. Plus, they take away your old mattress. Manufactured mattresses in Greenville for 90 years. Call 866-244-0898 or go to engineeredsleep.com. Save up to $600 and get two free pillows with code WCCP. Better sleep. Rest assured. Gary Mahaffey here with Insurance for Seniors and Disabled. First, let me thank all the WCCP listeners for making annual enrollment very special for me and my coworkers this year. Are you turning 65 in 2023? If so, you may be pondering your Medicare options. Many people feel like this is not important if they are working on and remaining on their company plan. Even if this is the ultimate outcome, I recommend that you look at all options for meeting your health care needs. If I can assist you in this somewhat confusing process, please call me at 864-307-8484 today. And please remember, my services always come free to you and that I will shepherd you through Medicare in the unlikely event that I do not represent a company or specific plan that you are interested in. So again, please call today at 864-307-8484. Hey, Clemson fans, do you have high power bills? Any idea why? Probably that old noisy heat pump you hear sitting in your flower bed outside. With a water furnace geothermal system, you can eliminate the noise and reduce your heating, cooling, and hot water costs by 70%. Blue Ridge Electric Co-op members get an additional rebate on top of the federal and state tax credits of 55%. What are you waiting for? To learn more, go to ClemsonGO.com. That's ClemsonGO.com. Hey, Tiger fans, your local Boys Camp Thrift Stores in Seneca and Westminster need your items to help bring hope and healing to boys in need through counseling, therapy, and life skills training. Donate your items for resale or shop their wide selection of gently used items at a great price. When you donate or shop with the Boys Camp Thrift Store, you're changing lives. Call today for a free large item donation pickup, like furniture and appliances, at 822-734, 822-734. You can also visit fairplaycamp.org for store hours, volunteer opportunities, and more. 
What do you mean he went searching for fresher powder? We have full classes today. Instructor down at Vesper Ski School. Toward each other to snow plow, honey, not away. She needs more ski instructors to slalom through the day-to-day. Pizza? Fries? Whoa, Braley, no! Pizza, pizza! Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Live, local, trusted. With the largest coverage in the upstate. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Where every day is game day. Sing my Sarah. Final segment of the program. Glad to have you with us. William Quagamus, Ben Milstead, live inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Texter from the 864 says, would you rather have Richardson or the Louisville quarterback? I, I mean, I'd rather have Richardson than I like Cunningham. I'd rather have, I'd take Cunningham. You would take Cunningham yeah. on that? I think at that point you're talking about shooting for upside. And I do think the upside of Richardson is immense. My issue is comparing... And I'll say the the two quarterbacks that I'm wary of, of that group in the top four, are Richardson and Levis. And my Colts are picking fourth. So they don't have that far to go up. They also have two of the teams up at the top of the draft don't need quarterbacks. So they should be able to leave with Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. And I think in that order, those are my favorite quarterbacks. I'd be fine with either one of those. Um... If you don't get those, I guess you have to go with Richardson or Levis. But, I mean, I could see wanting somebody like Cunningham. I just think the reason that you would take Richardson is because you know he has an immense ceiling. Do do we really care about either one of those guys? Are either one going to be difference makers, we think? Um, I I don't think Levis is. I think Levis um, – I don't think oh, Levis has had – I'm sorry. I didn't know Levis was part of this conversation. Yes, I know I like Levis. <laughs> okay, you do yeah. like Levis. No, I, yeah, I'll, I'll take Levis. Levis has the physical, well, and Richardson has the physical specs. I I think both those guys struggle with accuracy in a similar way that Josh Allen struggled with accuracy. And so, if anybody is the, if in, and Justin Herbert too. I mean, one of the things that Justin Herbert had to deal with was his lack of accuracy in college, even though his receivers had dropitis. They had no hands whatsoever. They yeah, dropped they, the ball they, every time. Those guys weren't throwing anybody. Right. So I, I do think that Richardson is much more of an athlete than a quarterback right now. And routinely do we see those guys make it in the NFL. But I would also note, to your point, Lamar Jackson, very much more advanced in terms of his ability to read defenses and make accurate throws, deliver the ball on time than Richardson. Jalen Hurts, significantly better at doing that than Richardson. Josh Allen was a guy who you could argue um, played at a level that didn't allow him to develop. And so there was some untapped potential there. But I think there's still a, a wider variance of outcome with Richardson than there was even with Josh Allen when the Bills took him. Um, I like C.J. Stroud because, quite honestly, C.J. Stroud reminds me a little bit of Pat Mahomes in that he's been in an offense where the the scheme allows him to – uh, the scheme kind of allows him to, you know, have an open guy if he can find him. But also, we saw in the in the playoff 
that he was his mobility shown, his playmaking ability shown, his ability to kind of play, uh, you know, play jazz, uh, for lack of a better term, was put on display on a big stage. He's able to make throws that aren't freely given to him, and he did a good job in the uh, at the combine of throwing the ball on target to guys. I think personally, if it were me, I think Stroud has the highest chance of being a successful pro. I think he is the safest bet of those four quarterbacks because of Young's height, because of Richardson's rawness, and Levis's accuracy issues. Even though Richardson and Levis are physically very gifted in different ways, and uh, Bryce Young is like a smooth playmaker who is always going to score a touchdown down six with, you know, two minutes to play. That's, that's how I feel about those guys. Ben, I, I had some issues with, uh, with the Google Doc this weekend. And I also, because of baseball, I forgot to tweet these on uh, Saturday. These are the picks I took this weekend and had a, had a very, I had a very positive experience with these. I've had some very negative experiences with picks. And so I, I'm just, I'm just happy for me, frankly. I'm happy for me that I got to not lose by half a point, which I did all last week. Ben, I uh, picked Texas A&M minus one and a half against Alabama. That was a winner. I lost Baylor minus seven and a half against Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State beat the brakes off Baylor. Don't know where that came from. I took Princeton minus three against Penn. I don't know why. I've got a little bit of a wild hair on that one. That game went to overtime and Princeton covered, so I kind of got lucky on that one. Uh, South Alabama, more on them in a second. They were plus one and a half against the one seed in the Sun Belt, Southern Miss. And South Alabama beat them straight up, so that was a winner. Uh, Marquette had already clinched the Big East regular season title, and they were hosting St. John's, and they got up a million. And I took St. John's plus 11 and a half, and I think that ended up being a two-point game at the end. So that was that was probably my favorite win of the day. Virginia Tech blew out Florida State. They were an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. I lost Wake Syracuse over. Can you believe, Ben, that Syracuse gives up 90 every game until the Wake Forest game when they remember how to play that zone? Man, and I would have thought Wake would have torn that up. Yeah, I thought it was like 90 to 80 for sure. It was a 90 to 80 game, and it was like 74 to 67 or something. That was a surprising one. That was dumb. Duke plus three and a half at North Carolina. By the way, North Carolina's one quad one win going in the ACC tournament. One. Just throwing it out there. But they're still worried about Clemson. Oh, yeah, very worried about them. Uh, Duke's going to beat North Carolina every time they play them because they're just bigger, and North Carolina doesn't know how to be efficient with their guard play. Vandy plus two and a half against Mississippi State. They won outright. Don't know why people are still sleeping on Vandy. They've covered like nine in a row. By the way, you know who else has covered like nine games in a row? Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech won at BC on Saturday as like a three and a half point underdog. They've covered like nine in a row. And then finally, UCLA minus five against Arizona. UCLA's tougher, so I won that one. I was 120 bucks in the black. Look at you. 120 Not bucks in money. the black. That's right. Not losing money. And so I started last week with 890. I ended last last week with 920. Look at you. Look at that. There we go. So I've got two picks for you today, Ben. Uh, the first pick is a six o'clock game. Uh, this is a uh, this is a CAA semifinal. It's the other one. I think Hofstra beats UNC. They've already beaten UNC Wilmington this year by like 24. And they are laying seven and a half against UNCW. 
Uh, go ahead and put me down for 25 on the Hofstra Pride, the one seed in the CAA, getting to the championship where they will take on likely Charleston, who has Towson tonight. Then that's a pick. Uh, 25 bucks on Hofstra as the favorite. That's a pick. That's a pick. Twenty-five bucks on that one. The second one. That's a lot of points. That's 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 a lot. That's a lot. You know what's not a lot of points? One and a half. You know who doesn't need the one and a half? My guy Richie Riley and South Alabama. The Jaguars are beasting the Sun Belt. They knocked off the one seed Southern Miss. They won comfortably last night, and then. They, in a championship game down in Florida, they have a date with a an unwitting victim, the two-seed Louisiana. Now, they have already lost to Louisiana twice. However, South Alabama started miserably. Since the calendar flipped to February, this team has been unstoppable. Ben, Richie Riley is going to the NCAA tournament because all he does is is win plus one and a half. I don't need them. South Alabama stuns Louisiana, wins the Sun Belt as an eight seed. That's a pick. That's a pick. That's a pick. Richie's one of my favorite uh, assistants that's come through here in a while. Man, pulling for him. Big he's, fan of the station, by the way. He, yeah, he, he's a big fan of uh, Clemson football, too. That's his, that's his football team. Follows him. Hey, you got uh, Furman in Chattanooga tonight for the SoCon Championship. At 7 o'clock. Yes. Uh, Furman, a four-and-a-half-point favorite there. And uh, I think I think the Paladins get it done, man. Are you laying them? Not yet. Ah! Not yet. <laughs> Here, here's, I'm unprepared. Here's my thought on Furman. Okay, here's my thought on Furman. Leah's, Leah's parents live across the street from Furman. She goes, she goes to a lot of Furman games. Her dad uh, graduated from Furman, my father-in-law. And so they, they're very passionate about Furman. All right. And they were very passionate about Furman when they lost to the buzzer last year. Then they had a 20 point lead with like 15 minutes left yesterday yes, and okay. gagged it up to Western Carolina. They almost lost another one to the, bu- at the buzzer, didn't they? Yes, they did. Oh, that would have been terrible. This, the one last year was heartbreaking. Oh, it was, it was awful. It was awful because they were the better team in that game. Uh, Samford lost. That would have been a big, uh, that would have been a big threat to them. They are facing the seven seed. Chattanooga, Bob Ritchie, Furman. You've been so close, so close. The best team in the SoCon or second best team in the SoCon like six straight years. Kick in the door tonight. You haven't won. You got to kick it in. But I, Ben, I don't, I can't trust them. I don't trust them. They get these, they have these wild swings in games where they score in bunches and then they have droughts and they score in bunches and you they mean, have droughts. You mean Basketball? Yes, basketball, but in an extreme <laughs> manner. I knew you were going to say that. But yes, yes. I think Furman wins tonight, but I can't I can't lay the points. I can't do it because of what we saw yesterday with Western. And because they do have, you know, I, we talk about institutional knowledge where you just said, you, when you have come so close, everybody in and around your program knows how close you've come. And if you're if it's not easy to kick that door down, you sometimes have a hard time doing it. Sometimes it becomes a mental thing. There's this thing where you're not just competing against the team across the way, you're competing yeah. against past versions of yourself. Boy, that, oh, that's true. You know what, Quack? You've talked me into it. Oh, that's a pick. Boy, that's a pick. Pick oh. up, knocked down.
Yeah, I'll just yes. take 25 on the Paladins. Let's go. I love it. So those are the two, uh, those are the two finals today. Um, other one seeds that have lost, the Ohio Valley, Southeast Missouri won the Ohio Valley as a five seed uh, over the weekend. You had Drake, who knocked off Bradley, who was the one seed in the Missouri Valley. So Drake. <laughs> Drake versus uh, Bradley. Drake There's versus a joke Bra- there yeah. somewhere. That, well, those are, those are two buddies just duking it out on the, uh, on the blacktop. Uh, UNC Asheville and Kennesaw State were the two, uh, the two one seeds in one. Eastern Washington, they lost to the, eight, uh, the nine seed, Northern Arizona. They lost to Northern Arizona in the Big Sky, so they're already out of their tournament. So, again, as I said, we have two one seeds that have advanced, three non-one seeds that have advanced. Fairly Dickinson, uh, cousin of Very Dickinson. Fairly Dickinson uh, is advancing to the tournament out of the Northeast because Merrimack can't go. Merrimack is the one seed. They will play tomorrow for the championship. Why can't they go? Because uh, they're a transition School. Oh, they're a, that's the dumbest rule in the world. Dumbest rule in the world. It absolutely is. You're absolutely correct. So uh, that's that. We will get into some more of the conference tournaments later on this week. There's a bunch that start tomorrow. There's obviously a bunch that start on uh, on Wednesday. And so we'll talk about, of course, we're going to talk ACC. We're going to talk SEC. We're going to talk Big Ten tournament because apparently every team in the Big Ten tournament tried to finish second. And every team in the Big Ten is on the bubble even if your net is 77, Wisconsin. Let's go Wisconsin. Yeah. Let's or, figure out a way to get them in. Let's let's do it. Obviously, need to get them in. Uh, on tomorrow's show, we are going to talk a lot of hoops.